0: I feel like carrot top this morning with my props. <laughs> How many of you thought you'd hear a carrot top joke today? No, not, not very many. Well, welcome to New Life. Here, where our mission is to advance God's kingdom in ourselves, our families, community, and the world. We are continuing on on our series uh, entitled "The Names of God," and what we hope is, is that as we learn more about God's names, we learn about His character. In the very first week when we, uh, disc- when we talked about his name, Yahweh, it means I am. And when he first introduced himself, it says, I am who I am. Meaning that whoever whatever character, dis- uh, d- character traits that God displays, that's who he actually is. So... Last week, we talked about the name Yahweh Rophi, which is the Lord who heals. And we saw an encounter where the Israelites came to a place of uh, bitterness. They came to a place called Marah, where the water was just putrid and not drinkable. And then we see Moses. Oh, let me go ahead and continue my props this morning. Look at this stick. Moses found a stick actually uh, just laying there. And he took the stick and he threw it, a piece of wood, into this lake. Um, that was putrid, and it turned it sweet. And we talked about about what that means when Yahweh is our healer, that He takes those areas of bitterness in our lives and turns them around. And I don't know about you, but we had an amazing time of prayer afterwards in our tables. We had some anointing all down. Even in my group, it was just so encouraging to get prayed for and the vulnerability to describe the areas in our lives that are just so much bitter, that have so much bitterness, and yet we know. That through his stripes, what we celebrated today during um, communion, that through that sacrifice, we could be healed of that bitterness. Well, before we begin today, what I want to do is, I have a little thing here in in my props to liven it up. We have a little piece of cloth. I'm known to my nieces and nephews as Uncle Fire, because I really like fire. I have an indoor fire pit or indoor fireplace and an outdoor fire pit as well. So this is the thing that I create that. I want to know, so here's some fire here, and I have just a little piece of cloth that I have. How many of you would have a problem if I burn this piece of cloth right now in this glass? Let's do it. Let's do it. So I heard a yes to it and only a one person with a problem. So I'm just going to go ahead and burn it in the glass here. I haven't experimented. I don't think we have any smoke detectors in here. We'll find out shortly. There's some things there oh man this is going to be i guess we probably have smoke detectors i guess i meant more sprinklers so obviously no problems with 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 we did it so we see here that there was really not much i'm going to go ahead and get one of these beautiful new connect cards and i'm going to cap the smoke so we don't actually have the fire department come on in look at that So nobody really had a problem with me burning that. So now what I want to do is is I'm going to go ahead and burn a second piece of cloth. And I want you to know, how many of you have a problem with me burning this piece of cloth right here as I burn this out? How many of you have a problem with me burning this? So let me ask you, what is the difference? Why do you have a problem with me burning this and no problem? This cloth right here is the same exact material of polyester. Why do you have a problem with me burning this but no problem burning this, It's because it means something, right? Because it means something. So this white piece of cloth didn't mean anything to you, so it was okay for me to burn. Whereas if I were to burn this, really it's kind of almost a statement about what this means, right? What does this actually mean? When you see this, if you're listening on our podcast, you have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I took out a little piece of white cloth at the beginning, and this is an American flag that I'm holding. So what right here, what does this represent? freedom? United States? United States. How choice? choice? Yeah. So just by having this little piece of cloth, this thing costs 10 cents on Amazon, right? It's really not worth a whole lot when you look at the actual elements, but what it represents is very meaningful. What the meaning behind just these colors means something important. In fact, we actually have um, something called in the U.S. called the U.S. flag code And what it is, is that it is special instructions about how you display this. And did you know that there is, you are not allowed under any circumstances to have any flag that flies higher than the American flag anywhere. In fact, so any business, if you have like a business, let's say you have like a corporate logo or something out, like you cannot have that higher anywhere. If you go to our capital here in Washington, the Washington state flag cannot be higher than the American flag under any circumstance if we happen to have an american flag in here and if we had let's say there's a christian flag with a cross on it that we wouldn't be able to put that christian flag above the american flag here because the flag code now thankfully we live in a free country and if you do that you won't get like arrested and hauled off to jail but it's part of the flag code that we have because this is a powerful symbol that we believe in and there's lots of rules that we want to follow out of respect In fact, if Dr. K were here, he actually ended up going down to California to be with his family, he would tell you there's only one circumstance ever where you can at any time put something above the American flag. Only one exemption, and that is when vessels are at sea and there is a chaplain service, during the time of the chaplain service, you are allowed to put the Christian flag above the American flag. The only exception. But if you're docked, you can't do it. If you're on a naval base, you can't do it. Only when you're at sea during the exact time of the chaplain service can you put a Christian flag above the American flag. It's the only time that you can ever do that. Well, today we are talking about the name of God, which is Yahweh Nisi, or the Lord is my banner. And we're going to talk about what exactly that word banner means. And the the time that it's used in scripture. So let's go ahead and pull up Exodus 17, verses 8 through 5. I'm going to read the story about this name of God as it comes up. Were any of you nervous that I was actually going to burn the American flag in here? I hope. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I was like, yeah. The mood immediately changed in the room from, oh, that's cool. He's burning a piece of white cloth to how dare you, sir. Anyway, Exodus 17, verses uh, 8 through 15. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took the stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll, something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses then built an altar and called it Yahweh Nisi, or the Lord is my banner. So this word banner is a term that we really don't have a great English term to describe it. Probably the closest as we think about it is the term flag. But it also could mean like a logo. Anybody wearing like a logo on any of their shirts? I know that Bob was wearing like the, the, uh, the Seahawks gear, right? I have a banner on the back of my truck, Broncos sticker back there, in case anyone's wondering, 3-0. We're excited. But th- this term that we actually have here, um, it, it is something that, re- that, like the flag, it represents something way more than what the actual element is. It's translated different ways. Banner, standard, ensign, signal pole. Usually when you see this term banner in the, uh, in the Old Testament, it really means pole. That's probably most likely. So whenever they said the Lord is my banner or the Lord is my pole, they didn't necessarily think of a piece of cloth. They thought of a pole like this. In fact, in Numbers, hey, Johnny, good to see you, man. In fact, in Numbers, there's a time when you had the Israelites uh, who a lot of them got sick because some snakes came and, dis- and bit them, some poisonous snakes. And so what Moses did is that he got a uh, copper snake, a bronze copper snake, put it on the top of a pole and raised it high. In that story, when God is giving the instructions, he says, get a snake and put it on a banner. Put it up really high. And that is what represented. It was a rallying point. You would also use banners that say that we were going to go get an army and recruit an army. You would say, let's go recruit an army. You go to all these different towns. And let's go back and meet at the banner. And they'd get a pole and they'd stick it on the top of a mountain. Something that looks very specific like this. And everyone would know that's the rallying point for us all to come together. That banner. That thing that we would rally around. And of course banners they represented something more than what that they represented unity right they represented getting it all together and so think about this about what the term banner means when they would hear it they would think banner is the stick right so when moses makes this proclamation that yahweh is my banner he's saying something very profound Moses, at the beginning of the story, he held the staff of God in his arms. This was the same staff that split the Red Sea. This was the same staff that a little bit before that, he struck a rock and water miraculously came out of it. And As he's on the top of the mountain with his arms raised, you would see all of these soldiers, right? They would be rallying around the banner, this powerful symbol of God, this powerful symbol of Yahweh and his power, because they've seen what this stick has done. And they know that every single time it was raised, you were winning on the battlefield. So during the battle, you would rally, and you'd see Moses' hands lifted, and you say, I know that we're going to be victorious because that banner is being raised high. But what I love about this, era, this name of God that Moses does, when he says, Yahweh is my banner, listen to Moses' words. What is the banner that he actually is asking people to rally behind? Is it the stick, the powerful thing of God, the banner as they would think of it? Because to them, the banner would be that right there, that powerful, miraculous stick. No, instead, he's not saying that our banner, our symbol, is some stick or is some place, this altar. Instead, it's Yahweh is my banner. We don't just represent and rally behind some symbol. We rally behind the most high God, that God is our banner, that this Infinite thing that you don't even see, that that is actually our flag. That is what we, that logo, that thing that represents who we are. It's such a profound statement. You know, I believe that every single person in the world has different banners. Things that rally, that we rally behind, right, our deepest beliefs, You can imagine even as you're walking through the neighborhood here, I I have my dog here during the week, and we'll go on walks around the neighborhood, and you can see some of those different banners, right? Sometimes you see an American flag that are waving, and that kind of tells me maybe a little something about them. Sometimes you'll see there's somebody who has a USC flag, (laughs) which tells me, all right, maybe we're growing up in Southern California, you know what I mean? And you see lots of different flags. Because what we represent and what we choose to Put above everything else kind of tells us something a little bit about ourselves. But I want to take a moment and ask this morning, I'm gonna ask this question, you're gonna talk about it further in our groups and our tables. What banner would you say is raised highest in your life? What belief, what is it that you will raise? I think it's a hard question to answer, right? I think that there's a couple of ways that can help determine what banner is actually raised, because I think sometimes we may think that we actually are raising, right, the right banner, the God banner, but perhaps maybe we're raising a different banner in our hearts. I think that kind of the two questions, as we circle in and try to define what that banner is, is I think the first of all, you can ask yourself, what is it in life that controls you, Right? What controls you the most in your life? What is it the thing that when that thing kind of beats its drum, you follow? Maybe it's fear. Right? Addiction. I think the other thing is whatever it is that you talk about the most. I think that if you begin to think through your life and do a self-assessment and say, what is it when I wake up throughout the week, and I go through, what is it that gives that has most control over me? And secondly, what is it, the thing that I talk about the most? Those will probably give you their answer to where your banner actually is, where your focus actually is on. So the question is, how do we overcome that if we want to live out the fullness of Yahweh being our banner? that God is the thing that controls us. He is the thing that is raised high above everything else, that we signal in the world that if I am a follower of God, that, that is the most important thing in my life. How is it that we reorient ourselves in that? I think one of the keys to helping doing that is in this story of Moses and the Amalekites. Because what was happening on the ground in the battle, you'll notice, that isn't actually what was determining victory. What was going on and the fighting down below in the valley really had nothing to do with the victory. Instead, what had to do with the victory was up here on the mountain with God. That's actually where the victory was determined. I think he's making it clear that these unseen spiritual things determine victory for us. I think one reason why we will sometimes lose our battles is that we will sit and choose to fight down in the muck and the mire and the battle instead of looking up at God who's actually on the hill and fighting the actual. We'll focus on the thing, rather than the thing behind the thing. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 6. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What Paul is saying here is like, hey, a lot of times we get in these battles and we think that that's the thing. But instead, there's a thing behind the thing that's actually going on. And that right there is a spiritual battle. And then we see the same thing in this battle of the Amalekites. What was going on, all of the tactics and the weapons and the soldiers and everything else, really didn't determine the outcome. Instead, it was God up on the mountain that was determining the outcome. And I think it's wise for us, as we are in this life and struggling, to realize that the thing that a lot of times we're most frustrated with and struggling with really isn't the thing, right? If I go up to Glenn and say, Glenn, man, I think your shirt is garbage. I hate green. And he's like, man, what the heck? What the heck is going on, right? He could sit there and say, well, I guess the, the fight is that I really just hate green, right? Green is the problem that I have with Glenn. But really, the problem, if I get into a big old fight and an argument and we're angry about this thing... I don't think the green shirt is the actual thing. There's a thing behind the thing. How many of you have found that in life where you begin to struggle with something and then you kind of realize like, oh, I think what you're saying is a thing really isn't the thing. Even this week, had two meetings this week where somebody came and said, hey, this is an issue I'm having. And I said, you know what? I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is the thing behind the thing. I think so many times we take our focus and think it's down here and instead the problem is a different problem. The problem is that we're not taking the banner of God and lifting it where it should be, up there on that mountain. If you spend more time focusing on the things that you're fighting on, rather than the God you're appealing to, don't be surprised that the battle doesn't go in your direction. Another uh, representation of banner that we see in God's word is also, it represents victory, right? I remember Seven years ago, I was living in Colorado at the time. And one of the lowest times of my life was the very first snap of Super Bowl 48. <laughs> the Broncos were paying the Seahawks and went back into a safety. And incidentally, Bonnie, my mother in law, was there with us. She was in Denver, all of us Bronco fans. She was wearing the Seahawks jersey and very quickly realized after cheering very loudly, I probably shouldn't, she had the self awareness to say, I probably shouldn't cheer as loud now because I am of 20 angry Bronco fans here. Well, that was a very difficult thing in that February. And then that year, we actually ended up moving up to Seattle about seven years ago. So I moved, and my office was downtown, 3rd and Pike is where my office was in Seattle. So wouldn't you know it, the very first week of coming up here, everyone knowing that I was from Denver, and just a mere five months, they beat us in the Super Bowl, wouldn't you know it that that was the week that the Seahawks did their rally down. Main Street time, from my office, I can look and see all the like hundreds of thousands of Seahawks fans. And wouldn't you believe it, there were banners everywhere. Every single person had a Seahawks jersey or flag or anything. And I, I don't know if anyone was there up in Seattle at the time. It was just crazy waving, right? But it was that sign of waving of victory, you know, I think that we do that with sports teams or anything else. right? Once you're victorious, you wave that banner high. And you're like, yeah, that's right, we're going to do it. Well, it's the same concept of banner when you see in the Old Testament. Whenever you would have a victory, you would take the banner most of the time, a pole, and you would take that pole out in front, and that would represent what's going on in being victorious. As I was reflecting on that, it actually made me think of um, the, Ameri- the uh, national anthem. And this was written by uh, Francis Scott Key. It was, a, it was a poem first and later changed into a song. And it was written in 1814 um, during the, uh, the battle, uh, in, battle in Baltimore. And there was these British ships that were just uh, from, the, uh, from off. Naval, there was a naval battle. And they were just pummeling Fort McHenry. And it was just being pummeled. They had the, the British had the most powerful navy in the world at the time. And they were just attacking this fort there on, in, the, in Baltimore. And Francis Scott Key, he was up, far away from the battle, so he couldn't actually see what was happening. But what he would do is during the middle of the night, if he wanted to know if the Americans were victorious, what he would do is he would look at this Fort McHenry and see if the flag, the American flag, was actually still standing. If that banner was still waving, he knew that the Americans were winning. And the words of this poem that's changed our national anthem, it says, and the rockets, red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. And for him, as he's looking there that next morning, when the sun rose, he described how he saw that flag was still standing that immediately meant victory. We won that battle. I think that's another thing for us. That as we walk in the fullness of that name of God, that Yahweh is our banner. Yahweh is the thing that we rally behind. Not some symbol, not some belief system, but instead the almost powerful God of the universe. That when we raise that banner high, it represents the victory that we actually have through him. That it represents the victory in our own hearts. I can't help but think of Moses on that mountain can imagine yourself being down below and having his arms I don't know if you've ever had to have your arms stretched high for a long time but I doubt his arms were straight up in the air I bet at the end they were a lot like this just outstretched with people holding his arms and whenever his arms were outstretched it signified that victory was happening I began to think about that picture of imagining somebody up on a hill with their arms outstretched their hands being held by others and it made me think that visual that picture I said who else Who else did that very same thing? Up on a hill, arms outstretched by others, that represents victory through that. I think this passage is just pointing to that person of Jesus, right? That little glimpse where Moses was up on that hill, arms outstretched, signifying victory, was a little taste of what we would get through Jesus Christ. That as he was nailed to that cross, as his hands were stretched out by other people and nailed, it represents the victory that we are able to have through him. And I think it's such a great reminder for us. I mean, man, how many of you have felt like you've been in the battle for this past little bit? We've, I felt like I've been in a battle, just with everything. And I think a lot of the times in the midst of the battle, when the rubber meets the road, we will look to whatever banner we have highest. I think we do this subconsciously, and it really makes me think, how are we making sure that we have the appropriate banner at very top? So right now we're going to go ahead and move into our group time and talk about this. So I'm going to pray for us and we'll spend about 20 or so minutes talking and praying through some of this together. So Lord, as we conclude our service thinking about really being marked by you and having an appropriate view of you in our lives, I pray God that you would help this conversation uh, go well, help us to be able to be vulnerable in, area, in other areas, and I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would help reveal to us areas that we can actually have our banner raised, and how we can appropriately make sure that you are um, first and foremost in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. We'll close this in about 20 minutes.